everyone. Welcome to Daily in the Word. My name is Rich Chassey. I am your host and teacher. And today we get a fun assignment. The subject of circumcision. Yay! (laughs) Seriously, we are glad that you're here and we are glad that we are making our way together through the book of Genesis. And today we discuss, yes, the covenant of circumcision that God struck with Abraham. We also, in this chapter, get name changes for Sarai and for Abram. Stick with us as we discover what their new names will be. So let's go ahead and begin reading Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of twelve rulers. 
and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household, or bought with his money every male in his household, and circumcised them as God told him. Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was thirteen. Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that very day, and every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, was circumcised with him. There are several interesting elements in this chapter that we want to discover. First are the name changes that we see between Abraham and Sarah. Abram means exalted father, which every time Abram heard that name, I wonder if he thought, yeah, right. He he didn't have any descendants. He had no sons, no daughters, no children, no heir. And yet his name means exalted father. And then, in a sense, to add insult to injury, at least for Abraham to start with, the name Abraham means father of multitudes. He didn't even have one son yet. And how is that going to be? You have to wonder if the people in his household or the people who worked for him perhaps chuckled when they heard Abraham announcing his name change and how that might have hurt his feelings because here he was, 99 years old, and yet no sons, but still with this promise from God, this covenant from God, that he was going to give Abraham an heir, and from his heir would be this great and mighty nation. Kings would come, nations would come out of Abraham. How could that be? He's already 99, his wife is 90, How's that going to happen? And yet Abraham believed. Now he struggled with his faith at times. We saw that last time. Still, Abraham believed God and put his faith in God and lived for God. We see that happening here in this chapter as well. Now Sarai's name change is not as significant. Her name Sarai means something like princely or something along those lines. Sarah means princess. And again, it's significant in terms of who she would be to the heir that would be promised to Abraham. Abraham laughs at the mention of, yes, Abraham, I'm going to give you an heir. I'm going to give you a son. It's going to happen a year from now. And Abraham laughs and God says, okay, a son will be born to you and you will name him Isaac, and Isaac will be your heir. Not Ishmael, even though Abraham pleaded for Ishmael's case, but it was Isaac, whose name means laughter, the son of God's original promise, not the son of some compromise, not the son of some human ingenuity, but the son of God's promise, of God's covenant. And God would covenant with Isaac in the same way. 
that descendants of Abraham, descendants of Isaac, would be this multitude of people, this great nation, kings, all of it to come from Abraham and then from Isaac as well. Ishmael, too, would be blessed. And we mentioned last time about how the descendants of Ishmael, the Arab nation, the Arab peoples, would be a thorn in the side of Israel for generations. And that has been the case ever since Ishmael was born. It's always been the case that Arabs and Israelis have not gotten along, that the Arab nation has always been a thorn in the side of Israel. And that will remain the case until Jesus returns. Now, as to the covenant that God told Abraham to follow, this was God just requiring of Abraham an obedience, and that obedience involved the act of circumcision. And so at 99 years old, Abraham is circumcised. All the males in his household are circumcised, including servants, including anyone born in his household, any foreigner who's brought into the household who is made a part of this family, of this great clan. They would all be circumcised. And Ishmael as well, at 13 years old, is also circumcised on the same day as his father, Abraham. And so circumcision has been a part of Israel's history, a part of Jewish history ever since. Now, circumcision was not unusual in that day, but God gave circumcision a new meaning when he began to require that every male in Abraham's family, every male from that point forward at the age of eight days old would be circumcised going forward. And that was a sign. If you are not circumcised in this way, circumcised in the flesh, verse 14, you will be cut off from God's people. And that's not a pun that's unintended. You've broken the covenant God will cut you off from the rest of the people. Now, in the New Testament, it's interesting when it's talking about circumcision. Circumcision is no longer required. We're not living under Jewish Old Testament law any longer. Circumcision has been something that has no longer been required in order to be a Christian. It was never required to be a Christian to understand saving faith through Jesus Christ. It was all about being, as Paul would describe, being circumcised of the heart. It was a spiritual circumcision signified in our own submission and obedience and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our own lives. So as we conclude our time together here this morning in chapter 17, let's pray that indeed that we would allow the Lord to circumcise our own hearts so that we would continue on a daily basis living for him, living in obedience, following after his heart, surrendering our own to him. With that in mind, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, today we thank you so much for your word, even when it's something awkward to talk about like this in circumcision. And yet, this was 
what you chose to signify that these are your people. Now, Abraham and his clan, his family, his household are your people, your chosen nation who would represent you, who would be a light for you in the world so that when people looked at Israel, they were to see the light of God shining. Now, Israel failed in that. Lord, help us today as New Testament believers, as people who no longer need the requirement of physical circumcision, but that we would be circumcised of heart and that we would live for you in sweet obedience, loving the idea of following you in obedience. Lord, we would ask that you would bless us as we do this, that you would shine brightly through us, that people in our world, in our community, in our households would see the light of Jesus Christ lived out in our own lives so that they would want to partake of this heavenly blessing that we have by being in relationship with you through what Jesus Christ has done for us. That Jesus would die in our place because we are getting now these first glimpses of Old Testament law. We haven't reached Moses yet. We haven't reached the giving of the Ten Commandments yet. But we're starting to get these little glimpses of Old Testament law here today with circumcision. And Lord, may we understand that our freedom, our greatest blessing is found in full surrender to you, in full obedience with a smile on our face that says, Lord, we love you, and when we obey you, your blessing comes our way. And we believe that, Lord, because we have lived it, and we know what it is to receive your blessing, to know that you live inside of us through your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the confirmation of your grace in our lives through the Holy Spirit who resides within. Lord, thank you. And may we live for you all of our days. And may people come to faith in Jesus Christ because of us, because of our own lives, Lord, lived out in surrender to you. Lord, thank you so much. We love you and we praise you and we ask it all now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening today here on Daily in the Word, and we look forward to seeing you again next time as we begin in chapter 18 of the book of Genesis, and we're making good progress, and we look forward to seeing you again this next time. In the meantime, I pray that you have a great day, and we'll see you then. Take care.